I mean, work is such a big part of our lives. And, you know, sometimes it can be a big drain on people's lives, right? That can have a negative impact on their ability to live uh, a full and interesting and energetic life. And, you know, I'm all about helping people to expand that overlap between professional success and personal happiness. You know, I, I mean, what good is success if you're not enjoying it, you know? Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is the odd man. Salutations, I'm Audley Stevenson, and we're back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to connect with us through our social media channels and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected to all good things audacious related. Now, on this episode, I've got Terry McDougal joining me on the Audacious Living Podcast. And Terry is a career coach, a speaker, and author who works with individuals to help them find happiness and success in their careers. Now, when you, you think about how much of our time is dedicated to the work we do and how much time we spend there and the people we spend it with, it only makes sense that we're doing something that brings us happiness and satisfaction. And it and, and doesn't rob us of our energy or bring us down. You know, it may be called work, but it doesn't mean that it actually has to be hard. Uh, you know, one of the things that Terry encourages clients to, to do is treat work like a game because if it's a game, we tend to, it's easier for us to remove our, ourselves from it personally. And when we remove ourselves personally from a situation, we first off have, have a lot more fun. Uh, the decision-making process is clear. Our perspective is not clouded and we're able to plan and strategize much better. Terry was great to talk to, and I really think uh, that she had a great insights that you'll all appreciate. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Terry McDougall. Enjoy. Terry, it's a pleasure to have you here with me today on the Audacious Living Podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, Audley, thank you for having me. I just, I love the name of your podcast, you know, <laughs> Audacious you. Living. Like, who doesn't want that, man? It's cool. It is, it's great to be here. You know, it, 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 it sort of happened by accident, but it was a happy happenstance, if you will. But it just, it, it makes sense. It sort of gives you, at least for me, it really frames, okay, this is how I want to live my life. And so, yeah. you know, I think that's a, a great, great approach. Um, and I think it also fits very well for the topic that we'll get into in terms of how we live our lives, but in the professional setting and as yep. a career coach and, uh, and you know, helping people sort of get on track with that, I think that makes a lot of sense because you do it in a bit of, a bit of boldness to kind of go up there and do what you got to do for yourself, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, work is such a big part of our lives and, you know, sometimes it can be a big drain on people's lives, right? That can have a negative impact on their ability to live uh, a full and interesting and energetic life. And, you know, I'm all about helping people to expand that overlap between professional success and personal happiness. You know, I, right. I mean, right. what good is success if you're not enjoying it, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, well, and, and, and I think oftentimes it's forgotten about that personal happiness because you're so ingrained on, I got to grind, I got to keep going. Yeah. And you know, there's an aspect of this where, you know, you still have to be satisfied and rewarded at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can have both is really what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. That's, I firmly believe that you can have both. And I actually think that um, if you take, you know, if you really value yourself and you believe that it's possible to kind of be in flow, um, and have happiness and success that you're actually going to be more successful mm. because there's a lot of energy that gets, that gets, uh, wasted when you're in the grind, yes, right? Yes. That's it. Just, yeah. you can just tell, right? Like 
grind just that whole thought is like you know there's a lot of friction and tension right. and right and it takes a lot of energy to be there and when we're in the flow a lot of times you know things come to us a lot more easily um you know we can be working in our zone of genius and it just is it feels better but unfortunately i think that sometimes we've been um conditioned to believe yep. that work has to be hard and That's it right. doesn't that's right. It doesn't. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to say how, how fascinating that, that belief is that it's out there that this is what you got to do. And maybe it was those before us because they went through it. So that's how they felt that we have mm -hmm. to go through it too or the next generation. Yeah. But no, it, it doesn't have to be. I think there's a, actually, if I recall correctly on your website, there's a line where you say, enjoy yourself along the way. And you can. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you'll have more energy to, ah, good point. to uh, you know, come up with those brilliant new ideas or to connect or, you know, to do whatever it is that you do. Because, uh, you know, too often, I think that people have those, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning, yes. you know, dreads, right, yes. where they're like, oh, I have to go, I have to go to work. I just don't have the energy to do it, right? And that's just kind of miserable, Right. And, right. and you know, it can, if we can shift our mindset and learn some skills so that we're a lot more in the flow and we're excited about getting up and going to work, it's a whole different experience. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what it does for other people when you talk about energy, I think what's really important when you have the energy conversation, not only what you do for yourself, but how you impact those around you. Like that's another. Big it has aspect. a huge ripple effect. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, so Terry, Terry, let's let's go back just a little bit and talk about what got you where where you are now. I mean, everyone has gotten their own life path, their own journey. And I'm assuming yeah. that you know you had yours to to get to this point. Yeah. Um. Let's see. How far back do I go? Um. <laughs> you know, I'm a first generation college graduate. My parents got married very, very young, and uh, you know, my dad was a high school graduate. My mom actually uh, had me when she was a teenager. She actually had to drop out of high school to mm -hmm. become a mom and wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, but luckily for me, she, both my parents were really focused on me and my sisters getting college educations, but I was the first, I'm the oldest, first one to get a college degree. And mm -hmm. I really set my sights on wanting to work in the corporate world. Right. Um, but the interesting thing is that when you're first generation, there's not really anybody to guide you to, you know, give you the, you know, rules of the road or show you like, this is what you do. And this is how it's different from, you know, maybe your hourly job that you worked in college or, um, you know, different than school. Right. And so when I got into, I was a very good student. Um, and when I got into the workplace, I just kind of assumed that I, you know, have the same kind of success in the workplace that I had at school. And I quickly discovered that, no, it's a different world. There are different rules. And I did not know the rules. It took me a while to even figure this out, right? I just was frustrated because I wasn't moving up. But I became, you know, a bit of a student really paying attention to like, okay, what's the dynamic here? What's going on? How is that person getting ahead? And, you know, I think that over time, I, you know, I learned some of the unwritten rules of the workplace, but I still wasn't really advancing the way that I wanted to. Right. And I was lucky enough along the way to have some good mentors. And one mentor in particular, I think really, I, I think of him as pulling back the veil and starting to point out to me the dynamics of what was going on around me in the workplace. And that was a huge eye opener and, and actually, had me approaching work in a very different way. And after, you know, working with him, and then actually, I hired a, a coach at one point that helped me to get a new job where I basically uh, doubled my salary within the first year mm -hmm. um, of starting that job. Um, you know, so I started enjoying the success that I had longed for. And that La that uh, job that I was in, I was in that for 12 years. And one of the things that I always got a lot of satisfaction out of, and it's, I can't say that it, part of it isn't self-serving, but I loved it anyway, is, mm -hmm. is coaching and mentoring right. people on my team. Right. To me, I just thought this is just a win, 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 right? It's a, it's a win for these people because I'm, I'm teaching them, I'm training them, I'm giving them the benefit of my knowledge so that mm -hmm. they can be more successful. 
as me as a team leader, when you've got smart, hardworking people who are motivated and like their jobs and feel like yeah. there's growth and they're trusted, it's fantastic, right? Like it just makes me look brilliant when they're mm-hmm. doing such a great mm-hmm. job. And then of course it was good for the company because we were retaining these folks and that, you know, they were, they were engaged and so forth. Um, but I, I did that for a long time. I was, I was at my last job for 12 years and I'd say about 10 of the 12 years were great. You know, it just was a really good fit. I was, I mm-hmm. had four different jobs in the time I was there. I was, you know, getting interesting new challenges, but the last job that I was in, um, I didn't apply for it. It was, <laughs> it was one of these deals where your boss, uh, volunteers you that, okay, this is, I want you in this role. And I was like, I don't really want that role. It's like, I really want you in this role. So, you know, I'm a good corporate citizen and I took it and it just, it just never really was a great fit. And so right. in the time that I was in it, it just got me thinking like, what do I want to do next? And as I looked around the company, you know, after being there for 12 years, right. I just didn't see anything that looked like a, you know, a, an opportunity that I was interested in. So that got me thinking like, okay, well, should I, I did interview at other companies, but I also said to myself, what am I good at and what do I like to do? Mm. And, you know, I was a marketing leader and I even thought about like, okay, my interactions within the company, what is it about them that I like? And what I really liked was, you know, sitting across the table from a business leader, understanding their problems, right. you know, kind of co-creating a solution and then working with them to make that solution a reality, which bottom line, that's kind of the, <laughs> that's kind of the definition of coaching. And uh, so when I, I realized that that was sort of what was at the heart of my true satisfaction, you know, with my career, I decided to get uh, to leave my company and uh, enroll in a, a coach training program, and it took about eight months for me to finish that up. and mm-hmm. And I, I will tell you that initially, you know, I kind of took a sabbatical to do that. Initially, I didn't think that I would become a full time coach. I just thought that would be sort of like my mm-hmm. side hustle. Sure, sure. Um, but in the time that I was in the program, I, you know, my views on it evolved and I finally got to a point and I was like, well, I'm already out here and I'm already coaching. Why don't I just try to make it into a business? Right. And so I did. <laughs> and so that's what I've been doing since 2017. Oh my goodness. That's great. That's great. I want to go back. Uh, you said you got yourself a coach. What, what were you expecting or what were you, cause you know, co- coaching wasn't, uh, and this, uh, this is a few years ago now since yes, it was, that, that wasn't yeah. like, I think it's more prevalent now and it's more common. And, you know, I think yeah. every other person, you know, has a culture back then. That would have been right. very, no, new. it's, it, it's funny because, um, I'll, I'll tell this story. I mean, it's a little, um, really my feeling of humiliation is what drove me to find a coach. And it's, I've told this story a number of times, but I remember the first time I told it, I felt so vulnerable right. sharing this but yeah, okay. you know i mentioned the the um mentor that i had he was the head of marketing for one of the businesses at this company i worked for uh-huh. and uh he'd been a you know i'd been very very involved in development of strategy i was kind of his right hand person and a lot of the things that we worked on were really things that i drove but he was sort of the face of the department and um he left the company and it occurred to me, you know, Hey, I've been here at his right hand all this time. I think I'm ready for this. And so I applied for you know, to be the replacement for him. And, and quite frankly, in the months after he left, before they even started the search process, I kind of informally stepped up to, you know, lead the department because there was just a vacuum there. Mm -hmm. And, I had been at the company for about nine years or so, and I thought, hey, you know, people know the work I've been doing, and I just assumed people knew that I was a quality worker and, you know, that I was ready for this and all that. The first interview I did well, I advanced to the next round, but I made a kind of a stupid assumption. Um, The second round of interviews was a panel interview with marketers in another city that okay. our company was in. And so I had to travel there and 
And I, I just didn't do a lot of preparation because I was like, oh, people know me. Like I knew these people. I didn't know them super well, but I knew them. I'd been in meetings with them and stuff like that. And I just thought, hey, they know what I do. And I went in and I did not do well in the interview. And it was, you know, I mean, part of it was nerves. Like the panel interview is not easy, you know, when you're sitting there and you've got six eyes staring at you across the table. Um, But I didn't do well. And I got eliminated from the um, process. And I was you know, I felt embarrassed and I felt ashamed that, you know, I had kind of squandered this opportunity when I felt like I personally felt like I was the heir apparent for the role. And so I, I thought, well, uh, you know, not gonna, you know, I've lost that opportunity, but I don't want this to ever happen to me again. And so I, I did say to myself, like, oh, I, it's funny, like you were saying about the coaching, because I remember thinking, like, I think there's some, some, person called like a career coach or something (laughs) like I I remember I wasn't that familiar but I was like I think that there are people that do this and so I went and this is like even before Google so I went on Yahoo and I'm like you know typing in like career coach and I found somebody in my community that did it and I hired her and I worked with her for a few months and she helped me you know probably the biggest mistake that I made in applying for that job is that I had not mentally promoted myself to leader, right? Mm -hmm. I was not viewing myself as the leader of the department. I was viewing, you know, I was just like, Hey, here I am, you know? Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't aware of how I needed to show up to earn people's trust and credibility that I could do this job. Yes. And so she helped me with that. She, you know, helped me to develop a strategy for interviewing so that I was really, you know, presenting myself in the way that I needed to be seen to be seen as a leader. Um, I did a bit of a, you know, corporate makeover to myself, I got a haircut and bought some new clothes, you know, just so I was showing up as like somebody that looked like they belonged at that level. And um, the interesting thing about this, this uh, situation is that, you know, it took, I don't know, a few months, I guess, and they got to the end of the interviewing process for that role. And they offered the job to someone who turned it down. And they did not have kind of a secondary candidate that they wanted to hire. And so they started the process all over again. And I, I thought, well, what the heck, you know, I've been trained in how to do this better. So I applied and I wasn't even sure if they would interview me again, but they did. And this time with my newfound confidence and the skills that I had, I advanced to the finals. I was the only internal candidate and they had one external candidate and, um, and actually it's so funny because my final round of interviews was another panel interview, but this time it was with the CEO of the division and okay. his two top executives. Okay. I can remember it so clearly sitting in the, you know, really fancy conference room off of his office. I felt really confident. Um, but unfortunately they offered the job to the external candidate and he took it. Um, and of course I was disappointed. I was proud yeah. of myself because I felt like I played to win this time yeah. and you know, they just decided they wanted some new blood. Right. And, um, but the interesting thing is the day that I found out that the other person accepted the job, mm-hmm. I got a call from a recruiter and I, this started a, a few month uh, flurry of activity just weirdly. I think that when we prepare ourselves, a lot of times the opportunities come our way because by the end of probably three to four months, I had two job offers and I was actively interviewing for a third role. And I ended up taking one of the jobs that brought me here to Chicago. I was in North Carolina then, and it brought me here to Chicago to head up marketing for a division of um, a bank here in Chicago. And the interesting thing is that even though it was a bit of a brutal journey, the job that I got was better than the job I didn't get at my old employer. And it was really nice to be able to walk in the door and from day one be perceived as a leader rather than, you know, maybe fighting people's old perceptions of who I was at my old company. Because, you know, I'd come in as a freshly minted MBA and kind of worked my way up. And I'm sure some people just were like, oh, she's just that young, you know, young woman that works in marketing. But I was able to walk into this and they were like, hey, here's our new director of marketing. 
Um, so and that's anyway, so that's, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's a really important point, Terry, that, that how you're viewed. And obviously we can't control how people view us, but there's things right. that we can do to, to help set the stage, so to speak. And, and, and having that confidence and ability to stand and say, hey, yes. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table and I'm here to do that job. And so, uh, so the confidence thing, I definitely was something I wanted to talk, touch on with you because mm-hmm. I think that, that, that not necessarily the starting point, but certainly a key point in having any kind of success at work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's funny because I think that I, I came across this, this quote when I was going through, uh, you know, when I was working with the coach and that was, um, this quote is confidence is the expectation of a positive outcome. And when I, you know, got the job here in Chicago, I actually had that on a post-it note, which was tacked up at my desk that it was just in front of me every day because it was a pretty, you know, somewhat high stakes sure. move for me. You know, it was a big promotion. I got a big raise. Um, and my, you know, I, I'm married and it, at the time, I mean, I had three young children that were, yep. I think, yep. uh, like eight, eight, six, and two. And we moved here oh, to yeah. Chicago, and my husband and I decided that he would actually stay home. He had worked, we both worked when we were in North Carolina, and we decided that it just made sense for him to stay home because it's, you know, I had a long commute, and, you know, we didn't want the kids to be like in a daycare, like hours away, you know. And so he stayed home, but obviously I needed to make this work, right? Like I could not, you know, come here and wash out. And so I just had to remind myself every day that, I mean, I needed to show up like a leader. And so I had to expect that whatever came my way, I was going to have to handle, right? And and I think that that's how you show up as confident is you go into it with a positive attitude, thinking no matter what gets thrown at me, there's going to be a positive outcome. I'm going to make that happen. And it, you know, it worked. I was at the, that company for 12 years. Um, and I had, you know, numerous opportunities there to grow and, you know, just really do some very cool stuff. Um, so it was a, it was very good move from a career standpoint for me. Yeah. How how important is it to, is that that we keep track of our our, our milestones or our our past achievements from a, from a, again, from a confidence standpoint, we can talk about that because I know for myself, I oftentimes that, that becomes that measure, you know, you run into something like, yeah, I did this before I can do it again. That Mm -hmm. kind of, those self-talk things we do with ourselves. Yeah. I think it's very, very important. And it's funny because in, um, in the role that I was in, in marketing, you know, I was part of a larger marketing department and, Uh, my boss, every year at the end of the year, he would actually have us put together what we called a brag book um, to, you know, look back over the whole course of the year of what our whole department did. And, you know, he actually would get it printed and distribute it to all of the leaders of our business um, to remind them, like, we are adding value. And one of the things that's very interesting about, you know, working in marketing is that we're always doing new and different things. I mean, in the role I was in, we were doing events, we were doing, you know, we did rebranding, we did a rebranding in the time that I was there, we were doing, you know, lots of uh, print advertising and email campaigns, and you know, just the whole gamut of things. And it can be so easy to be like, okay, we, we finished that on to next, on to next, on to next. That's like, you know, you're always like looking into the future. What's the next deadline and very rarely looking, you know, over your shoulder to see how far you've come or what amazing things you've done. And I got in the habit of just, you know, having sort of like a brag sheet that I would just, you know, when we started a project, I would put it on there. And like when it was done and we had some results, I'd put that in there so that at the end of the year, you know, I would have things to give to my boss to be like, oh, here's all the incredible things we did this year. Um, and I think it, I think it's important. I, it's funny because I actually use that technique with my coaching clients sometimes mm-hmm. whenever they, you know, maybe they're in a tough situation at work, things are hard, maybe they don't like their boss, maybe yep. it's not a good fit, whatever. Yep. And a lot of times people can start to doubt themselves and start to think, oh, maybe I'm just not cut out for this or um, you know, maybe I'm not valuable. And 
I, sometimes I just have to remind them like, okay, you just, you know, you have an undergrad and a graduate degree from two top notch universities. You've, <laughs> you know, you've done this professional yeah, thing and this yeah, professional thing. Yeah. And, you know, just remind people that if you've done this before, you can do it again, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, yes, of course, we deal with things that are very difficult. Um, and and I think sometimes it's important to stop and, and feel the feelings around that. But, you know, process it, get it out of the way, don't wallow in it, and get back to the bedrock of what you're really capable of. Like, we're all made of, like, way stronger stuff than sometimes yes. we give ourselves credit for. Yes. Yes, yes, we certainly are. I remember I used to have um, uh, my resume. I used to accompany a third page, and I called it accomplishments. And I just yeah. listed just stuff that weren't. And, and, and you know, the, the stuff listed weren't even necessarily related to a job I was applying for. But mm -hmm. it was just, I, you know, I, I thought it was a way of helping sort of round me out. And at the same sure. time, also kind of, you know, reminding me how great I am, too. And so I thought that right. was a helpful tool. And, I, and, it's, and that's yeah. a good point you raised. I like that. Um, you know, the, the, the world of work now, it, it, we all know how, you know, the uncertainty that exists yeah. and, and, and I think the need to be able to take control, if you will, is probably, you know, more important now than ever before. There's so much going on that's outside of our control. Um, yeah. we don't know where things will be six months, a year from now, or the long-term effects mm -hmm. of kind of what sure. we're dealing with. Um, I, I guess that, 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 that. The, the need for a service like yours uh, within that context is even greater now because people really should be taking control more than ever before. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because um, in 2020, I was super busy. <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes I, I was, I've been doing podcasts for a couple of years now um, yeah. as a guest and um, a lot of times people will ask me like, oh, you know, how's your 2020 been? And surprisingly busy because people, you know, I mean, for one thing, a lot of people were laid off, especially at the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdown. Yep. Um, but also people experiencing work from a very different perspective. Yes. You know, one of the things that I saw with a lot of people was that, you know, maybe it had been a while since they'd been satisfied with work, but they never really had the time to contemplate what might be next, right? Because they were busy commuting an hour each way and just caught up in the routine. And, you know, when their commute changed to, you know, putting on a nice shirt and wearing sweatpants and getting on Zoom, they right. had a little more time and a different perspective to consider like, okay, is it time for me to do something different? And if so, what might that be? Um, I think that, the benefit of coaching, and I mean, this is both from my own personal use of coaches, but also as a coach, is that sometimes people are so close to their situation that they can't see it in a larger context. Yes. You know, I, I encourage people very often, like, they're so close. Yeah. And if they're running, and, and I work with high achievers, right? So high achievers first instinct usually is to double down on whatever they've been doing, right? If they, if they've been successful by working hard, they're going to work harder. harder if they've, yep. you know, yep. been successful by taking on projects, they're going to take on more projects. And a lot of time that that just exacerbates the problem that they're dealing with. If it's burnout, if it's, you know, frustration or dissatisfaction, that just makes it worse. And so, you know, I try to encourage people to sort of zoom out and see, I mean, part of the reason why I called my book Winning the Game of Work is because I do believe that if we can treat work like a game, mm. that we actually remove ourselves somewhat from it. It's a little less personal yep. right. so that we can develop some effective strategies for, you know, what we do. Right. And it's not it's not personal. And, and that's one of the things, too, that a lot of times, you know, people do take the things that happen at work very personally. Yes. And of course, it feels personal because it's you. And, yeah. you know, if you don't get the promotion or if you get I mean, I've done outplacement coaching also where people, you know, I might be the first person that they talk to after they've talked to HR and gotten right. laid off. Right. 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 And they'll right. say, Oh, you know, I was there for 20 years and I can't believe that, you know, they treated me this way. And 
you know, I just try, try to help people understand that, you know, this was a business decision and it really wasn't about your worth or your contributions. It was really more about, you know, maybe they had to cut expenses in order to keep the business afloat. That's right. You know, or that Wall Street expected, you know, that they had to cut expenses by a certain amount. And unfortunately, they were, you know, a victim of that. But, you know, we can process the emotions around it and then like i was saying earlier get back to the bedrock of like how do you add value you know and what can we do to start thinking about like where in the marketplace do you want to trade your you know your skills and your strengths to add value so you can get paid <laughs> right right and that's yeah i mean obviously that's a goal but it, it, it's it's a very good exercise to kind of go through when you sort of mentally think about the where part right as opposed to i gotta get a job right to sit yes you, absolutely you, you can very deliberate and go okay so what makes sense for me and i and i, I think we've all sort of been in the situations where we we're thinking well this situation isn't ideal for me but this one may be and mm -hmm. i think when you can take that time and and be very deliberate about that process yes. that bodes well for you in the end i believe yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I always want my clients and anybody actually to take into consideration if they're considering leaving their current job is to make sure that you are moving towards something and not running away from something. Mm. Because it ha it's a very common for somebody to, you know, be in a job and it's uncomfortable. They don't like their boss. They don't like, you know, some of the work that they're doing. Yep. And because it's so uncomfortable, they just want to get out of it, right? As soon yes. They want to get out of it as soon as possible. And a lot of times, you know, they're running away from that job. So they jump out of the frying pan right. into the fire and they can actually go into a much worse situation than the one they're in. And so I think it's really important. Well, that's, a taking, that's, a, that's a taking control thing we talked about earlier, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's taking yeah. control. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, if you've got a job, even if it's uncomfortable, at least you've got a job, you've got a paycheck. If you make that intentional conscious decision that I want to do something different, spend the time to think about, you know, okay, what about, what is it about this job that I don't like? Right. And a lot of times when I'm working with people in the beginning, you know, they'll come and they'll say, oh, these are all the things I don't like about my job. And, you know, we spend some time like processing and venting and all of that. Yep, yep. But at some point, we've got to flip the table so that. It's not about what they don't want. It's what about what they do want. Like, let's get clear on, you know, what does this situation look like that you would be really happy in, right? That's the first step. And unfortunately, sometimes, um, you know, people will really limit themselves because I, I see it so often where they'll say, well, I know exactly what I want. This is what it is. And they can describe it in a lot of detail and they will immediately throw a wet blanket on it and say, well, yep. here's all the reasons why I can't have it. I don't have an MBA. They don't right. hire people right. over 40, yep, 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 et cetera. Yep. Right. Yep. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop right there. Yep. Right. Let your dream live. Do not smother it. You know, it just, you just, brought it forth into the world, let it live, let it breathe. Separately, let's, you know, let's just say, what are some potential avenues of how we could get from where you are to that, mm. right? And let's start walking down that path. Let's put a roadmap together of what would have to happen and let's start walking down that path. Nice. And the thing that's super interesting is that I've worked with people that, you know, sometimes their aspirations, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll be your partner in helping you make this happen. I mean, it's not about me and whether I believe it can happen. Like, I believe if somebody wants it, they yep. can make it happen. Right. Uh, but sometimes I've thought mm, this might be a long road, right? But I've seen people get the thing they want so fast once they believe it's possible and they start taking action. Yes. Because the interesting thing is that we're surrounded by people who have the answers to the questions that we have that mm. that have the solutions to the problems that we have but a lot of times we don't ever let anybody know what it is that we want we don't get to know people we don't ask them questions like hey who do you know or hey i noticed that you know you do this i'd like to learn more about that i've had clients that you know 
had a coffee with somebody and walked out of the coffee with a job offer or, you know, somebody who finally figured out what she wanted to do. And as soon as she did, you know, she goes on LinkedIn, sees a company that has that job offer real or has that job opening, realizes that somebody she used to work with works there, calls that person and they're like, oh my gosh, send your resume. Nice. I mean, this client, she got a job offer like three weeks after she saw the job opening, you know, it just, it, and she was somebody that, oh my gosh, she was so, she'd had a lot of like super traumatic things happen in her life. And she was really, you know, uh, had a lot of pain, right. And really was, had a lot of fear about Mm -hmm. making changes. But when we finally got her over that hump to like, start taking some action, it happened so quickly. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. It, it is fascinating how quickly when the action, when you, when you, when you put your mind to it, it almost happens almost immediately. And you're going, why didn't I take action before? Right. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always, we're, we're all, you know, afraid of rejection sure. and, you know, sure. looking silly and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it. It. if you don't take action, you know, nothing's going to happen. I get it. I get it. Uh, you, you, you referenced, uh, your books. Let's, let's touch on that. Winning the game of work, uh, career, happiness and success on your terms. Uh, I think I I, I really, really love that part on your terms, right? What that clearly says is that, you know, you're in control here again, going back to that, taking control of your professional career, but you know, you doing what you want for yourself when you want, all those things are so key. Yeah. You can sort of talk about the book. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because the book um, really started off when I first left my my last corporate position. Mm-hmm. I just had a lot of stuff to process, right? It's, it's a huge transition to say, I've been doing this for 30 years mm-hmm. and I am going to stop doing it, at least for a while, right? I, I need a time to sort of sort out what I wanted to do. Yep. And when I left the job, I just had a lot of thoughts. And it's funny, because I would wake up in the morning and grab my phone. And a lot of times just like, type out like 500 words on my phone, and it became a blog. So I was, I was blogging for a couple years, yeah. about just the lessons that I learned and, and things that I wanted to share with other people that you know, took me a lot of time and effort and pain to learn myself. I didn't, I don't want other people to have to go through right. so much pain. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I did that for a couple of years. And then I finally, somebody said something to me, like, how many words do you have in your blog, like total? And I downloaded everything and I had like 25,000 words. And he was wow. like, you have enough for a book. So I joined a book writing program. I wrote some more and I interviewed some sure. super interesting people for my book as well. Yep. Um, but, you know, it really it really was born out of this idea that I didn't know that I should be looking at work as a game. And I didn't know that there were unwritten rules. I had to stumble and fall on my face and be frustrated for a long time before I started figuring this out. And so I wanted to share my own lessons with other people so that they didn't have it. Cause I, I mean, I see it in my coaching business all the time where there really hardworking, super smart people who are, are frustrated because they're like, why is this thing that I want not happening? I am working so hard. And a lot of times I'm like, it's not about how hard you work. It's about understanding what's going on around you Mm -hmm. and being more intentional about some of the moves that you make. Right. It's I, I, in my book, I talk about a lot of people approach uh, you know, the game of work, like they're playing Twister and other people are playing Monopoly. And they're wondering like, why am I not, you know, why am I not having success? And it's like, cause you don't know the rules of the game, right? right? Yeah, Let me right. share the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. It might mm-hmm. feel weird. Sometimes people are really skeptical, you yeah. know, when I'm working with them and they'll say, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And I, and I'll say, well, let's practice it. And then you go and you know, you try it at work and see what happens. And so often they'll come back and they'll be like, oh my God, I was really scared to do that. But when I did it, it worked exactly the way that you said it would. And right. and they feel so empowered, yes, right? Because yes, they've absolutely. been banging their head against the wall and then they do this thing that might feel counterintuitive, but it works in a way that they never imagined. Oh, that's amazing. And 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 I guess from, from, from 
from a coaching perspective to watch clients walk away with those learnings and understandings. It's got to be a thrill for you, I imagine. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, it's what I'm all about. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want people to be unhappy and I don't want sure. them to work hard and, you know, kind of figuratively hit their head against the brick wall like it's it's pointless. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to feel needed and valued right. and they want to, you know, set their sights on goals and achieve them. Right. right. And I want right. to help people do that without, you know, grinding it out, like help them be more in the flow yes. so that they've got energy to, you know, take care of themselves, to hang out yep. with their family, to do their yep. hobbies, to do the things that are fun for them so that when Monday rolls around, they're like, hey, I've got plenty of energy to get up and go to work and, and do stuff and, you know, innovate and come up with great new ideas, um, you know, so that they they really not only love their life, but they love their work too. Got you, got you. What's the idea, what's an ideal client look like to you? It's typically somebody who is, um, an overachiever, you know, I was talking earlier about the people that, you know, when they run into an obstacle, they double down on what's worked up until this point. And, you know, they're, they're very capable, successful people. But, yes. you know, I, I talk about people that are successful, but not satisfied, like that's mm -hmm. kind of my ideal client. And what I mean by that is that if you look at them from the outside, they've gotten to a certain level of success. You're like, hey, you work at this great company, you know, you got this VP title or you're yep. heading a department or something like that, or you're rising. Um, but when they talk to me, they're like, oh, I'm so burnt out. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, um, you know, maybe they're losing confidence or whatever. And they're paying a high price for that success. Yes. You know, that stress, that anxiety, that worry, that maybe time, like. Well, some, some, would, some would argue that that's not even success. Right. It might appear. I completely agree. And yeah. that's that's kind of my point. Like, I do not believe that it truly is success. It's sort of success yeah. on paper. It's society's right. idea of success. Right. right. Um, but to me, if you don't have the time and the energy to enjoy, you know, what you've worked for, that's not really success. That's like, you know, that's like being a drone. It's grinding. Yes. That's yes. not that's not uh, that's not what life is about. Right. We should be working to live not living to work, work. exactly exactly yeah. well I, I think you're absolutely right and and i think that's why I, again when you when you sort of look at your 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 visit your website your book and your, your messaging it is very much around you know finding that happiness right the, yeah. the, the, the happiness very much works hand in hand and coincides with success and yeah if you you know you, you've attained this high position at a cost and you're not happy, then as mm -hmm. we both landed on, you're, you haven't been successful. No, no, it's not. And and I truly believe that, you know, with some small, like shifting of the mindset to believe yep. that it's possible and, you know, learning some new skills that you can easily like move maybe just a few degrees from where you are oh and you're not hitting your head against the wall anymore you discover right. a way to get past these obstacles that have kept you stuck and you're just a lot more in the flow you know you can be more yourself and um you know i i think it's funny uh because a lot of times when i'm working with people they don't fully appreciate their own superpowers hmm. you know they'll say to themselves like oh you know that's just easy for me to you know connect yeah. with people or it's easy yeah. for me to you know look at a spreadsheet and kind of pull the yeah. you know data out and yep. it, people don't appreciate the things that are special about themselves that's right and you know i try to help people to recognize that well, they, don't, they don't think it's special they think it's normal they, it's just and, what I do. and honestly the things that come easy to you are your superpower yeah. right and you don't yeah. have to like go and do the super hard thing you can just yes. like you know, lean into the thing that comes naturally to you. Yes. Right. And that's where you're going to find that there's a lot more energy. But, you know, we've got to get over some of our own pre preconceived notions that work has to be hard. Yes. You know, yes. you can We're actually have more impact by working less. And you can also have these like giant leaps by, you know, allowing yourself to kind of go into an area where you can imagine, you know, because sometimes we think like, oh, the, 
the progress at work has to be like, we're going to fight for every inch. Right. And sometimes it's like some, you know, brilliant idea that comes to you. That's a leap forward. Um, and maybe you're thinking about something in a different way and you don't have to fight for every inch. You might, you know, take a giant leap and you're going to get to someplace new and approach things from a different angle, but we have to give ourselves the space to tap into that part of ourselves that, you know, where there is that inner wisdom and imagination and vision. But so often we, we sort of, um, put that on the back burner. We say that's not important. And in fact it is, that's, that's, uh, higher level living and higher level, you know, value um, develop or production, I guess. I don't know. Well, no, no, it makes, makes total sense. And, and I, 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 again, I love the messaging, uh, you know, particularly around, you know, success and, and what that, you know, what, what it truly is. Uh, so I thank you for that. Uh, Terry, thank you for, for being here. So awesome chatting with you. And uh, I think the insights are fabulous and, and, and the work that you're doing, uh, particularly around the, and the piece that, again, that stands out to me is sort of taking control on your terms, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be what is done to you is what you can and do and um i think that that's all sort of a fa- that's a fa- i guess a fabulous mindset to be in and space to operate from within because oh, yeah. you know things don't happen to you you control them right and that's a great place well to- it's funny i i think that so we've we've all been sort of or many of us have been programmed to think of like okay you know a job is a box that we have to like sort of contort ourselves to fit into <laughs> right, right? right and we kind of squish ourselves into it and it, it doesn't feel fulfilling because it's not taking into consideration like who we are as a whole person. Correct. And, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with people that are in job search, you know, I, I'm like, go out and network because a lot of times you can find people or organizations who maybe haven't fully fleshed out, you know, the problem that they're facing and they can sometimes build a job around you. Yes. So that you can show up and be a hundred percent who you are, not you yeah. know seventy percent who you are, and you have to you know sublimate part of the parts of yourself that don't fit into that right. box. Right. Um, right. And there's there's a lot of different ways to make a living too. You know, it doesn't always have to be at a, about a job, right? It can you can start your own business, or you can be a consultant, or you know, and those are all legitimate ways of. Um, you know, making a living. Yeah, yeah. And I think a big part of it is sort of breaking down these preconditioned notions of things that you tell, mm-hmm. you tell ourselves, I can't, or I don't know how, or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever limiting that, beliefs. Exactly, yeah. Whatever those limiting beliefs are. So, uh, again, I think it's great, great work that you're doing. For, for, for our listeners that want to learn more about you or connect with you or even, you know, get a copy of your book, where, where can we send them? Um, well, they can go to my website, terrybmcdougall.com. Um, check me out there. And if you want to set up some time to have a free exploratory call, you can. Uh, my calendar link is there. Um, if you're interested in the book, Winning the Game of Work, it is available on Amazon worldwide, both as an ebook and a paperback. Um, I actually am next week, I'm launching a. Um, subscriber community okay. for various things, premium newsletter, a book club, um, some other things. And you can find that at subkit.com forward slash coach Terry, T-E-R-R-Y. Okay. And then I guess the last thing, and we didn't talk about this, but I also have a podcast. You know, I was That's a right. marketer for so many years um, and I still have such a passion. I work with a lot of marketers uh, from a coaching standpoint, yep. but I still have a passion for the field of marketing. And so I have a podcast called Marketing Mambo and it's on all of the platforms. You can also find it at marketingmambo.net where I I speak with people in and around the whole world of marketing, um, just about their careers and their their perspectives on um, the field of marketing. I'm I'm so glad you you, you raised that. Uh, I mean, first first off, I mean, as a podcaster, I have a, a, an affinity to it, if you will, and so uh, I think it's a fabulous medium for whatever your message may be. And and although this isn't a coaching podcast that you do, uh, a career coaching, I mean, at the same time, there's some overlaps between you know marketing and the world that you also spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. In, so congratulations yeah. and uh, fabulous stuff. And thanks for being here, Terry. It's been great. Oddly, thank you so much for having me. I just really loved our conversation. I think that we're, uh, you know, kindred spirits in many ways. Yes, it was fabulous to have you. All the best and take care. Thanks.
Back, we are here on the podcast, and much thanks goes out to Terry for joining me and offering a bit of enlightenment when it comes to landing on that career that will provide us with happiness and satisfaction. And it's really something that we all desire. It's, it's, it's available to us, and it's just a matter of being clear on what we want, having some sort of solid plan in place to get it, and then actually executing that plan. You know, Terry left us with so much to think about, but if there's just one thing that I take from my conversation with her, it would be this. There's a pervasive belief in the professional world that says work has to be hard. And if there's any chance of reaching the top and finding any form of success, one would have to put in long hours and make personal sacrifices and keep grinding until you get there. You know, the general thinking is once you've done these things, success at work will eventually come. But this isn't necessarily the case, and I think we know this. And there's two reasons that I want to point out why it's not the case. First off, doing these things won't guarantee that you'll get the, the level of success that you're looking for. And secondly, if you don't have the time and energy to enjoy the things that you've worked so hard for, then have you, the question is, have you truly experienced success? You know, by definition, grinding involves, you know, a great deal of friction and tension and force that can expend vast amounts of energy. And not having the energy robs us of enjoying a wonderful life and all the parts that make it unique. Now, to be clear, you know, the message isn't don't work hard, but rather if the work hard isn't getting you on that path of living the bold, audacious life, then it's time to reevaluate why you're doing it. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so simply by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com and uh, enter your email address and you'll be immediately subscribed to all content that comes uh, our, comes out and it comes your way. Um, we've reached the end of, of another episode. And again, a uh, big shout out and thanks to Terry. I uh, appreciate you being here. Also, I have to thank our audacious listeners. Uh, without you, this wouldn't be possible. And your support and encouragement is very, very much appreciated. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.